Well, we have already heard in the children's sermon from uh, a little from Isaiah today. Our Old Testament lesson is uh, actually another of the prophets, a prophet by the name of Micah. We'll look at uh, just a few verses here. Micah 6, verses 6 through 8, which can be found on page 759 in your pew Bibles, or 1452 in the large print pew Bibles. Micah 6, 6 through 8. Before we read, let us pray. Heavenly Father, there are so many uh, voices in this world. So many words that uh, are constantly bombarding our ears and our thoughts. God, help us to hear your word. Lord, that we would live by your word. That we would be changed by your word. Or we ask that you would help us to hear it today. And God, that you would continue your work of transformation in our lives by your word and by your spirit. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Micah 6, 6 through 8. The question is asked. With what shall I come before the Lord and bow down before the exalted God? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with ten thousand rivers of olive oil? Shall I offer my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. In turning to the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 7, verses 36 through 50, Luke tells us, this is on page 839 in your pew Bibles, or 1606 in the large print, When one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. A woman in that town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. As she stood behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know who was touching him, and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher, he said. Two people owed money to a certain moneylender. One owed him 500 denarii, the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back, so he forgave the debts of both. Now which of them will love him more? Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt forgiven. You have judged correctly, Jesus said. Then he turned toward the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, 
Her many sins have been forgiven as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven little, loves little. Then Jesus said to her, Your sins are forgiven. The other guests began to say among themselves, Who is this who even forgives sins? Jesus said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In the last couple days, um, we have seen horrendous reports out of France of uh, the terrorist activity that's been going on there. I will not recap that for you. If you have not seen it, I'm sure you will. And this morning, while we keep them, certainly the families in our prayers and the whole of that nation and all those affected by this, um, there's one thing that we will hear as a part of this, which is that we are living in a very different world now, that things have changed, that this is a very different world than what it was before Friday. That's not the first time we've heard that, though. This summer, Supreme Court ruling, this is a very different world now in America than it has been before. Or you go back even to 2001 and 9-11, and that changed everything, and now it's a completely different world than what we lived in before. And we see with the rise of technology that we're constantly saying this is, everything has changed. It's different now than what it was not only when uh, our parents were kids or when we were kids or even when my kids were born. It seems like everything is a completely different world than it used to be. However, as much as we do feel these changes and as much as these are real changes, I would put forward that um, the biggest change to the world when we really had the world, the, the world-changing event, it wasn't one of these events that we've been talking about so far. The world-changing event was when Jesus was born. This is what changed everything. And there is kind of a before and an after. And we look at our lives and we say, you know, what was it before 9-11 and how do we live after that? But I want you to think about the difference that it made, then what things would be like had Jesus not ever been born. Now, I realize we're not even to Thanksgiving yet, and I'm already starting to sound like I'm talking about Christmas, and that's because I am. (laughs) I figure if department stores can go ahead and put their Christmas things on sale now, there's no reason why the church has to wait to talk about Jesus, right? So we're actually going to start our Christmas series today, (laughs) even before Thanksgiving, and where we're going to look for all of the Christmas season and beyond is, um, Advent and Christmas season, is that a letter known as 1 John, a small letter at the back of our Bibles. And this letter was written by one of Jesus' closest disciples, John. And you know that Peter, James, and John were like the close three of all the 12 disciples, and they kind of got in on some things that some of the other disciples were even left out of. He knew Jesus really well. And as he got older, there were people in uh, the church who started leaving the church and then started spreading false teaching, talking about how Jesus, yeah, maybe he really didn't actually come. Maybe he wasn't really God in the flesh. Maybe he just seemed like he was. Or maybe it was just the ideas that, that mattered, that it doesn't really matter so much that he took on flesh. And John says, 
No, no, no. It does matter that Jesus came. It matters huge. It changes everything. And so we're going to look today at what John said and why the Word became flesh and what that means for us and how that is a world-changing event and how that changes each of our lives as well, not only for now, but forever. So here is First uh, John, and as you hear it, I would ask that you would listen to it as though this was John writing to you, telling you, this is why Jesus came, and this is what it means for us as Christians. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared, and we have seen it and testified to it, that the Father, that the, and we testify that the eternal life, there we go, the eternal life was with the Father. And has appeared to us. And we testify to you what we have seen and heard. So that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In him is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with him, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and his word is, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim to be without sin, we make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us. My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the Righteous One. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. We know that we have come to know Him if we keep His commands. Whoever says, I know Him, but does not do what He commands, is a liar. And the truth is not in that person. But if anybody obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete in them. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. Dear friends, I'm not writing you a new command, but an old one, which you have had from the beginning. This is the message you have heard from the beginning. Is that right? There we go. Yet... 
I am writing you a new command. Its message is seen in him and in you because the darkness is passing and the true light is already shining. Anyone who claims to live in the light, or to be in the light, but hates a brother or sister, is still in the darkness. Anyone who loves their brother and sister lives in the light, and there is nothing in them to make them stumble. But anyone who hates a brother or sister is in the darkness and walks around in the darkness. They do not know where they are going because the darkness has blinded them. I am writing to you, dear children, because your sins have been forgiven on account of his name. I am writing to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. I am writing to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. I write to you, dear children, because you know the Father. I write to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you are strong, and the word of God lives in you, and you have overcome the evil one. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away. But whoever does the will of God lives forever. Dear children, this is the last hour. And as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come. This is how we know it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they did not really belong to us. If they had, for if they had, they would have, if they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us. But their going showed that none of them belonged to us. But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and all of you know the truth. I do not write to you because you do not know the truth, but because you do know it, and because no lie comes from the truth. Who is the liar? It is whoever denies that Jesus is the Christ. Such a person is the Antichrist, denying the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever acknowledges the Son has the Father also. As for you, see that what you have heard from the beginning remains in you. If it does, you also will remain in the Father, in the Son, and in the Father. And this is what he promised us. Eternal life. I'm writing these things to you about those who are trying to lead you astray. As for you, the anointing you received from him remains in you, and you do not need anyone to teach you. But as his anointing, but as his anointing teaches you about all things, and as that anointing is real, not counterfeit, just as it has taught you, remain in him. And now, dear children, continue in him. So that when he appears, we may be confident and unashamed before him at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who does what is right has been born of him. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Dear friends, now we are children of God. And what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him. For we shall see him 
as he is. All who have this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. Everyone who sins breaks the law. In fact, sin is lawlessness. But you know that he appeared, that he might take away our sins. And in him is no sin. No one who lives in him keeps on sinning. No one who continues to sin has either seen him or known him. Dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray. The one who does what is right is righteous, just as he is righteous. The one who does what is sinful is of the devil, because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. No one who is born of God will continue to sin, because God's seed remains in them. They cannot go on sinning, because they have been born of God. This is how we know who the children of God are and who the children of the devil are. Anyone who does not do what is right is not God's child, nor is anyone who does not love their brother and sister. For this is the message you heard from the beginning. We should love one another. Do not be like Cain, who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own actions were evil and his brothers were righteous. Do not be surprised, my brothers and sisters, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love each other. Anyone who does not love remains in death. Anyone who hates a brother or sister is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life residing in him. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. This is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest in his presence. If our hearts condemn us, we know that God is greater than our hearts and he knows everything. Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God and receive from him anything we ask because we do what he commands or because we keep his commands and do what pleases him. The one who keeps God's commands, the one who keeps God's commands lives in him and he in them. And this is how we know that he lives in us. We know it by the spirit he gave us. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. This is how you can know who the spirit This is how you can recognize the spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the antichrist which you have heard is coming and even now is already in the world. You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. They are from the world and therefore speak from the viewpoint of the world and the world listens to them. We are from God and whoever knows God listens to us, but whoever is not from God does not listen to us. This is how we recognize the spirit of truth and the spirit of falsehood. Dear friends, Let us love one another, for love comes from God. 
Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. This is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them, and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God and yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves his child as well. This is how we know that we love the children of God. By loving God and carrying out his commands. In fact, this is love for God. To keep his commands. And his commands are not burdensome. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world. Even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. This is the one who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. He did not come by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit who testifies, because the Spirit is the truth. For there are three that testify. The Spirit, the water, and the blood. And the three are in agreement. We accept human testimony, but God's testimony is greater because it is the testimony of God which he has given about his Son, Whoever believes in the Son of God accepts this testimony. Whoever does, not believe, uh, whoever does not believe God has made him out to be a liar because they have not believed the testimony God has given about his Son. And this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. This is the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we ask of him. If you see any brother or sister commit a sin that does not lead to death, you should pray and God will give them life. I refer to those whose sin does not lead to death. There is a sin that leads to death. I'm not saying that you should pray about that. 
All wrongdoing is sin, and there is sin that does not lead to death. We know that anyone born of God does not continue to sin. The one who was born of God keeps them safe, and the evil one cannot harm them. We know that we are children of God and that the whole world is under the control of the evil one. We know also that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding to know, so that we might know him who is true. And we are in him who is true by being in his Son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. Dear children, keep yourselves from idols. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.